It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, October 31st, Halloween 2023, and Bitcoin's white paper's birthday 15 years ago today. Bitcoin's white paper came out and changed the world and put us where we're at today. Do me a favor. Go over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a nice comment. I love reading them. And I want to say thank you to everyone who's written a comment thus far. Let's get into today's weird ass news day. It's a weird ass news day because a lot of people are trying to write articles about the counterintuitive or the other perspective of the spot Bitcoin ETF. Is it really a good thing? Everybody's asking. And I understand why people are writing this, but I don't understand why it's all coming out today. Let's take a look at some of these. The first article is from Matt DeSalvo over at Crypt. His headline is, do Bitcoiners even want an ETF? Which is, I think, a very good question. Do Bitcoiners even want this? The financial institutions start pumping money and playing with the markets and so on and so forth. And I spoke to Matt many times for about different news articles over the years. And I don't know where he's going with this one, to be honest with you. It says, Hayden Hughes, who is a co-founder of a social trading platform, Alpha Impact, said that the Bitcoin ETF, the price has already been priced in meaning there's a low chance that the price will sustain any massive gains. Now, I assume, and I didn't see anything more than this quote, I assume that he's just talking about before the spot Bitcoin ETF, right? That we're not going to see any massive gains now until we get a spot Bitcoin ETF because it's already been priced in. The anticipation is already there. And whoever's going to put money in before the spot Bitcoin ETF has already done so. And now unless there's some massive news or some massive FUD, then the price is pretty much going to go sideways from now on. Now, if he's saying that the price of Bitcoin has already been priced in after the spot Bitcoin ETF, that is just a false statement. But the problem is that this statement doesn't go into any more depth. Matt in his article continued that Bob Bodley, CEO of Ordinal's marketplace, Bionic, said that as long as you can have self-custody, then you can be a unique individual participant in the Bitcoin network. Okay, if a Bitcoin ETF becomes the only legal way to access Bitcoin, and self-custody is illegal, like gold back in the 70s, then this would compromise Bitcoin's core value proposition because people couldn't legally self-custody their assets. 
Again, I, I think this is a pretty weak argument because you have to mine Bitcoin to get Bitcoin. Somebody's gonna have Bitcoin. And unless they institutionalize or make corporations out of, and these corporations are ran by governments, you're always gonna have some privacy to your Bitcoin. And there's too many people hodling Bitcoin to make it, even if you make it illegal, to not have Bitcoin. So it's, it's just a weird statement that I don't think that could even logistically come to fruition. Craig Raw says that privacy and profits don't always go hand in hand. Institutions care about the bottom line. Sometimes these goals will align, sometimes they will not. And again, I understand that, but Bitcoin is pretty transparent. If you're sending Bitcoin, people know exactly what you're sending, what you're hodling, where it's going to. You can put it through a mixer, but there's actually tools that are getting pretty good to find out where that Bitcoin's coming from and where it's going. But the only way is really to have an anonymous wallet. We already know this. And that's kind of like the value proposition of Bitcoin, by the way. So again, I don't understand this one. Caitlin Long said that while such products could be good for the industry, talking about spot Bitcoin ETFs, the financialization of the crypto world could be bad if it tends to too much liquidity from the leveraged traders wanting quick short-term gains entering the market. I think this is the only statement of the article that really holds some waters that, you know what, we're going to have a lot of liquidity, too much liquidity within the market. A lot of people and a lot of money is going to be moving around. There's going to be a lot of quick short-term gains. The Bitcoin price and the stability of this could just be all over the place and might have a lot of second, third, fourth order effects on the Bitcoin market, on miners, of different financial products and so on and so forth. I think that's what she's saying. What do you think? Matt at dailycryptonews.net. Again, weird article. Link is in the show notes. Maybe I missed something. The next one is from Decrypt again. Stacey Elliott wrote, why is Bitcoin ETFs making Bitcoin miners nervous? And they said it's a five minute long read. <laughs> I don't think that's a long read. Um, again, doesn't make the case. I don't understand the news today. It's like we're trying to create some kind of contrarian decision or idea around a Bitcoin spot ETF that I think doesn't really ex exist. And if it does exist, it's pretty poignant and already, again, priced in, if you will, to the conversation. She starts this article saying that, you know, Bitcoin is up 100% this year, that public mining stocks have surged, that Bitcoin adjacent firms like GBTC is up. But a spot Bitcoin ETF may suck capital away from stocks that investors have until now treated as the next best thing to Bitcoin. Okay, I get that. But again, they were created because there wasn't a Bitcoin spot ETF. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Bitcoin mining firm and pool operator Foundry Digital acknowledged that an ETF could produce counterintuitive negative con consequences for the industry. Okay, what do you say? 
Over the past few years, mining companies have been used as proxies to gain access to Bitcoin exposure in the public markets. Continues to say that it will be interesting to see how these new ETF vehicles will impact public miner valuations as investors will now have a more direct, cost-effective way to access the asset class. Again, I don't know what accessing the asset class has to do with miners. Because if you're a Bitcoin miner, you make money in three ways, from what I can tell, right? Number one, mining Bitcoin. So if you mine Bitcoin and number go up, then you make more profits if you have, you know, great hash power, a great mining company, and you're collecting Bitcoin. $100,000 Bitcoin, and you get the block rewards, you're making money. $200, $300, $1 million Bitcoin, you're making more money. If we have $20,000, $15,000, $10,000 Bitcoin, the same block rewards giving you a lot less money, are you actually covering your your cost basis and therefore that's why you see these companies shutting down in bear markets so number go up more money and more profit for the mining company right number two the stock market if these are publicly traded companies or if you have a private investors and you're making more money you can raise more money sell more stock maybe even buy back more stock creating higher stock values where are you losing money there and why is people buying your stock because of bitcoin access no they're buying it because you're profitable and you're making money. Number three, the only way I can see that this could be a loss for the companies is that the hash rate goes up because more miners get into the space because the price of Bitcoin goes up and therefore the cost of getting that Bitcoin mining reward goes up because of the electricity costs in their bottom line. So therefore, they have to spend more to make more and there's not much power or energy left over to sell it back to the grid because they need it all to mine the Bitcoin. That's the only place where I can see that there being a, I guess, discrepancy of making money, higher Bitcoin price, higher hash rate actually affects the business and the profitability. But other than that, it seems like it's all good. Again, a weird article to try to make this counterintuitive, contrarian idea of why a spot Bitcoin ETF is bad. What do you think? Again, email me, matt at dailycryptonews.net. Moving away from spot Bitcoin ETFs to another really weird article again. Again, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Am I having a weird ADD, ADHD day that I can't comprehend anything I'm reading? Because here's what I read today. The clickbait of this article reads, Unibot promises to reimburse stolen funds after being exploited for over $600,000. Then I click the article. And I can't find one statement within this article from Coindesk proving that they're going to reimburse the stolen funds. The headline of the article after you click into it is Unibot Explorer swaps stolen crypto for Ether via Tornado Cash. Okay, so I guess I have to tell you about this hack. Stolen crypto via an exploit on Telegram chatbot Unibot has been swapped for Ether via Tornado Cash and is on the move. According to PexShield, the attacker first moved the stolen crypto to Uniswap and then sent it to Tornado Cash. Tornado Cash, as you guys know, is a mixer, helping hackers launder around a billion dollars over the year and includes ties to entities in North Korea like the Lazarus Group. The attacker's wallet now has just over $630,000 in crypto assets, with the majority being in Ether, followed by USDC. Needless to say, Unibot's token has dropped around 31% since then. And again, nothing in the article that says that they're going to reimburse, which is the clickbait of it, reimburse the people who had their funds stolen. Either I'm losing it today or everybody's having shitty AI write their articles. What do you think? Matt at dailycryptonews.net. Maybe Sam Bankman-Fried and I uh, drank the same water because Sam Bankman-Fried in court couldn't remember a damn thing apparently. 
and he lost his memory when getting asked questions by the U.S. assistant attorney, the prosecution to the case against Sam Bankman-Fried as the government challenged his credibility on the witness stand. He said, I'm not sure, I don't recall, and I'm not exactly sure what you're referring to many, many times. Actually, he said it dozens of times. Sam Bingham-Fried said he was unclear whether he ever said that FTX was safe. Sam Bingham-Fried couldn't recall whether he ever seen a specific balance sheet for Alameda that was produced by then-CEO Caroline Ellison. Ellison said that Sam Bingham-Fried directed her to create a series of phony balance sheets after crypto prices tanked that could keep lenders confident in Alameda's strength. Could you guess what SBF said? I don't recall. The prosecution then asked, in private, you said things like fuck regulators, didn't you? He recalled that one. He said, yeah, yeah, I said that. <laughs> now let's get into those crypto prizes. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. The time is 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Fear greets at 72. Greedy. Bitcoin sitting at $34,357, down 1.3% in 24. Ethereum's at $1,799, down 1.5%. Tethers, number three, Binance is at 226, down 1%, and XRP is up 3.6% at 59.8 cents. Rounding off the top 10, we have USDC, Solana, Cardano, Doge, and Tron. The total market cap is down a percent, sitting at 1.27 trillion, a Bitcoin dominance of 52.7, and an ETH dominance of 17%. And that was our show today. Get ready for Halloween trick or treating. Hope you have a safe one, and I will see you tomorrow. And until then, Happy spooky hodling, everyone.